0: Introduction and Chapter One of Physiology of the Opera. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Marianne Spiegel. Physiology of the Opera by John H. Swaby, A.K.A. Screechy. I both compose and perform, sir, and though I say it. Perhaps few even of the profession possess the contrapunta and the chromatic better. Connoisseur number 130 I see, sir. You have got a travelled air, which shows you one to whom the opera is by no means new. Byron Introduction As an introduction to the dissertation upon which we are about to enter, such an antiquarian view of the subject might be taken as would tend to establish a parallel between the ancient greek tragedy and the modern sanguinary italian opera the strong resemblance therein being displayed of signora salvi trilling on the stage to the immortal thespis jargoning from a dung-cart but we shall indulge in no such wearying pedantry our intention being merely to hold the mirror up to nature In presenting our immaterial reflector to the public, we invite our readers to a view of the present only, a period of time in which they take most interest, since they adorn it with their own presence. We feel satisfied that few of the ladies who take a peep into this mirror will find any cause to break it in a fit of petulancy after having looked upon the attractive reflection of their own lovely features. Few young gentlemen will throw down a glass that gives them a just idea of their striking and distong appearance behind a large moustache and a gilded lorgnette. Old papas, who rule change and keep a stall, cannot be offended with that which teaches them how dignified and creditable is their position, as they sit up proudly and exhibit their family's extravagance and ostentation as an evidence of the stability of their commercial relations few mammas will carp at a book which assures them that society does not esteem them less highly because they use an opera-box as a sort of matrimonial show-window in which they place their beautiful daughters got up regardless of expense as delicate wares in the market of hymen in these our humble efforts to present to our readers an amusing yet faithful picture of the opera we hope our manner of treating the subject has been to nothing extenuate nor aught set down in malice this book has not for its end the ultimate censure of foreign opera singers or native opera goers we do not therefore expect to gratify the malignant demands of persons of overstrained morality who maintain that the opera is a bad school of musical science or a worse school of morals and exclaim with the very correct mr coleridge who was shocked in a concert-room nor cold nor stern my soul, yet I detest these scented rooms, where to a gaudy throng heaves the proud harlot in her distended breast in intricacies of laborious song. These feel not music's genuine power, nor deign to melt at nature's passion warbled plaint, but when the long breathed singer's uptrilled strain bursts in a squall, they gape for wonderment nor do we coincide in sentiment with those who conceiving that every folly and absurdity sanctioned by fashion is converted into reason and common sense believe that the whole duty of man consists in spending the day with max moretzak on the occasion of his musical jubilees and being roasted by gas in the hours of broad daylight Consequently, the reader will find no one line herein written with the intention of flattering the vanity of those who ride to the opera every night in a splendid coach, followed by spotted dogs. Having thus declared the impartial manner in which it is our purpose to pursue the physiological discussion of our subject, and the various phenomena involved in its consideration, we proceed at once to unveil the operatic existence to the reader, fatigued, no doubt, by an introductory salaam already protracted beyond the limits of propriety chapter one le pro toujours febri a mavet on y voile brochet les oreilles beringer to most of the world and we say it advisedly the opera is a sealed book we do not mean a bare representation with its accompanying screechings violinings and bass drummings everybody has seen that but the race of beings who constitute that remarkable combination their feelings positions social habits their relation to one another what they say and eat footnote we actually knew a man who when a tenor was spoken of as having gone through his role thought that the worthy had been eating his breakfast and footnote Whether the tenor ever notices as they, the world, do, the fine legs of the contralto in men's dress, and whether the basso drinks pale ale or porter, all these things have been hitherto wrapped in an inscrutable mystery. In regard to mere actors, not singers, this feeling is confined to children. But the operators of an opera are essentially esoteric. They are enclosed by a curtain more impenetrable than the Chinese wall. You may walk all around them nay you may even know an inferior artiste but there is a line beyond which even the fast men with all their impetuosity are restrained from invading you walk in the street with a young female on whom you flatter yourself you are making an impression suddenly she cries out oh there's bollini do look dear creature isn't he you may as well turn round and go home immediately The rest of your walk won't be worth half the dream you had the night before this shows an importance to be attached to these remarkable persons which together with the mystery which encircles them is exceedingly aggravating to the feelings of a large body of respectable citizens among those who are mostly afflicted we may mention all women but most especially boarding-school misses mothers of families are much perturbed they wonder why the tenor is so intimate with the donna considering they are not married and fathers of families wonder where under the sun that manager gets the money to pay a ten or twelve hundred dollars a month when state sixes are so shockingly depressed we were going to enumerate those we thought particularly afflicted by a praiseworthy desire to know something more of these obscurities but they are too many for us in every class of society nay in the breast of almost every person there exists a desire to be rightly informed on these subjects It was to supply this want that we have devoted ourselves more especially to the actors who do, to the exclusion of the auditors who are done. Shakespeare observes that all the world's a stage. The converse of this proposition is no less worthy of being regarded as a great moral truth, that all the stage is a world. Every condition of life may be found typified in one or the other of the officials or attachés of an opera-house from the king upon the throne, symbolized by the haughty and magisterial impresario, to the chevonier in the gutter, represented by the unfortunate chorister who is attired as a shabby nobleman on the stage, but who goes home to a supper of leeks. Between these two degrees, of dignity and unimportance, come those many shades of social position corresponding to the happy situations of secretary of state, secretary of the treasury, and divers other dignitaries, set forth in the stage-director, the treasurer, the chorus-master, etc. The tenor, basso, prima donna, and baritone may be considered as belonging to what is called society, that well-to-do and ornamental portion of the community, who having no vocation save to frequent balls, soires, concerts, and operas, and fall in love, serve as objects of admiration to those persons less favored by fortune who make the clothes and dress the hair of the former class our simile need not be carried further it being apparent to the most inconsiderate reader that it is quite as truthful as that hatched by the swan of avon we shall now commence our observations upon the most interesting members of a troupe, those best known to the community before whom they nightly appear and leave unnoticed those disagreeable but influential ones who raise the price of tickets or stand in a little box near the door and palm off all the back seats upon the uninitiated. end of chapter One.